0: Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis, and it's been a little bit of a gap since my last episode, that's because I've not been very well recently, but hey, that's just how it goes. I'm back on my feet and I'm ready to go. So today we have the Pixies, and it's a three-truck show, and there isn't much going on on the stage at present. Uh, It's quite early in the day, but they do have three lighting bars up in the air, so you've got your front house bar already in the air, you've got LX1 and LX2, so mid-stage and up-stage bars are up there ready to go. They're currently forking up some dolly trusses, which look like they've got booms fixed to them as well, and those are going to probably outline the edge of the stage, round the back and at the sides. It looks like there's not going to be an AV screen on stage, probably just a drape and the line arrays they've quite literally just started to go up so they're too wide and they are at 12 deep and then you've got a smaller line array set 45 degrees and a little bit further back for the surround sound effect although currently they have not built the sub uh, stage left and stage right or in front of the stage so but i can see a load of I can see a load of sub cabinets uh, waiting to go into position just by the cherry picker so it's just a matter of time. Today is definitely going to be a less is more kind of show and they're just going to keep it old school from a design point of view. So now you had a look at what's going on stage at the moment let's take a look at the background of the Pixies. The Pixies are an American alternative rock band formed in 1986 in Boston Massachusetts until 2013, the band consisted of Black Francis on vocals, rhythm guitar and songwriter, Joe Santiago on lead guitar, Kim Deal on bass and vocals, and David Lovering on drums. They disbanded acrimoniously in 1993, but reunited in 2004. After Deal left in 2013, Pixie tied Kim Shattuck as touring bassist. She was replaced that year by Paz Lenchatten, who became a permanent member in 2016. Pixies is associated with 1990s alternative rock boom and draws on elements including punk rock and surf rock. Their music is known for dynamic, loud-quiet-loud loud shifts and long and song structures. Francis is Pixies' primary songwriter and often surreal lyric, uh, lyrics cover offbeat subjects such as extraterrestrials, incest and biblical violence. The band achieved modest popularity in the US but was more successful in Europe. Their jarring pop sound influenced acts such as Nirvana, Radiohead, The Smashing Pumpkins and Weezer. Pixie's popularity grew in years after the breakup leading to a 2004 reunion, sold-out world tours and four further albums, Indie Cindy in 2014, Head Carry in 2016, Beneath the Erie* in 2019, and Doggery in 2022. Guitarist Jerry Santiago and songwriter Black Francis born Charles Michael Ketteridge Thompson the F- Thompson the Fourth met when they lived next to each other in a suite whilst attending the University of Massachusetts, Amherst. Although Santiago was worried about distractions, he noticed Francis played music and the pair began to jam together. Francis embarked on a student exchange trip to Puerto Rico to to study Spanish. After six months he returned to Amherst and dropped out of the university. Francis and Santiago spent 1984 working in a Boston area warehouse, with Francis composing songs on his acoustic guitar and writing lyrics on the subway train. The pair formed a band in January 1986. Two weeks later Francis placed an advertisement seeking a bass player who liked both the folk act Peter, Paul and Mary and alternative rock band Husker Do, Kim Deal was the only respondent and arrived at the audition without a bass as she had never played one before. She was invited to join as uh, like the songs that Francis showed her. She obtained a bass and the trio started rehearsing in Deal's apartment. After recruiting Deal, Kim paid for her sister Kelly Dill to fly to Boston and audition as a drummer. Though Francis approved, Kelly was not confident in her drumming and was more interested in playing songs written by by Kim. She later joined Kim's band The Breeders. Kim's husband suggests they hire David Lovering, whom Kim had met at her wedding reception. The group arrived at the name. The group arrived at a name after Santiago selected the word Pixies randomly from a dictionary. Liking how it looked and its definition as mischievous little elves, Pixies moved rehearsals to Lovering's parents' garage in the mid-1986 and began to play shows at bars in the Boston area. In early 1993, Francis announced in an interview to BBC Radio 5 that Pixies were finished without telling other members of the band. He offered no explanation at the time. He later called Santiago a note of our deal and lo- lovering via fax. After the breakup, the members embarked on separate projects. Black Francis renamed himself as Frank Black and released several so- several solo albums, including a string of releases with Frank Black and the Catholics. Deal turned to the Breeders, at who uh, scored a hit with Cannonball, From their platinum selling last splash in 1993 and released more albums several years later. She also formed The Amps, who released one album. Santiago played lead guitar on a number of Frank Black's albums as well as other artists' albums. He wrote music for the television show Undeclared and the theme music for the film Crime and Punishment in Suburbia. He formed the Martins with his wife Linda Morale and released the album Smitten in 2004. In 2004 he also played lead guitar on the album Statecraft by the novelist and musician Douglas Charles. Lovering Lovering became a, magnif- a magician and performed a style of magic called Scientific Phenomenalism. He was temporarily a member of the Martins and later drummed with the band Cracker. 4AD and Electra Records continued to release Pixie's materials best the best of the best of album Death to the Pixies in two thousand in nineteen ninety seven, the pill sessions compilation Pixies at the BBC in nineteen ninety eight and a complete B size compilation in two thousand and one. In two thousand two, material from Pixie's original 17-track Demo Tape was released as an EP. Pixies on cooking vinyl in the UK and Spin Art Records in the US. Black has also used these labels to release solo work and albums with the Catholic. In the years following Pixies' breakup, Black dismissed rumours of a reunion but incorporated an increasingly num- an increasing number of Pixie songs in his sets with the Catholics, and occasionally included Santiago in his solo work and Loverin's music as an open act as an open act to concerts. In 2003, a series of fan calls among band members resulted in some low-key rehearsal, and soon a decision to reunite. By February 2004, a full tour was announced. The tickets for nearly all the initial tour dates sold within minutes. Pixies played their first reunion concert on April 13, 2004 at the Fine Line Music Cafe in Minneapolis, Minnesota a warm-up tour through the US Canada, and Canada in which all the dates were recorded and released as individual limited edition CDs, with some of the performances being released to streaming services in 2021, was followed by an appearance by the Coquilla Valley Music and Arts Festival. The band then spent much of, the, of 2004 touring throughout Brazil, Europe, Japan and the US. The group won Act of the Year award in the 2004 Boston Music Awards. The 2004 reunion tour grossed over £14 million in ticket sales. In June 2004, the band released a new song, Bam Throck, exclusively on the iTunes and Music Store. It reached number one in the UK official downloads chart. 4 ad released Wave of Mutilation, Best of the Pixies, along with a companion DVD Pixies. The band also contributed to a rendition of Ain't That Pretty At All to the Warren Zevon tribute album Enjoy Every Sandwich. In 2005, Pixies made appearances at festivals including Lola Pelosa, Tea and the Fringe, and the Newport Folk Festival. They continued to make appearances through 2006 and 2007, culminating in their first shows in Australia. Francis suggested that that a new Pixies studio album was possible or unlikely, the main obstacle being Deal's reluctance. To celebrate the 20th anniversary of the release of Doolittle, Pixies launched a tour in Pixies launched the tour in October 2009, where they performed the album track for track, including the associated B-sides. The tour began in Europe, continued to the United States in November, with the South American and Australian tour following March 2010, then New Zealand and more European dates in Spring 2010, and back to North America in 2010. On June 14th, 2013, Pixies announced that Dill had left the band. Two weeks later, the band released a new song, Bag Boy, as a free download via Pixies' website. The song features jammy dubs and bunnies and former, and formerly of the beanies on vocals in the place of Dil. As of, two, uh, as of 2023, Dil and her former bandmates have no relationship. On July 1st, 2013, Pixies announced the addition... And pandora muffs and pandora's guitarist and vocalist kim shattuck to replace deal for the 2013 european tour on september 3rd 2013 pixies released an ep of new songs of ep1 on the 19, on november the 29th 2013 shattuck announced that she had been dismissed from the band in december 2013 it was announced that entrance band and a perfect circle bassist paz Le- Lechaton was joining pixies for the 2014 tour. The new material surfaced when Pixies released their second EP, EP2, on January 3, 2014. The single release to radio was Blue-Eyed Hex With another new EP, EP3, was released on March 24, 2014. All the EPs were available as downloads and limited edition vinyl. The three EPs were collected in LP format and released as an album indie cindy in april 2014 it was the first pixies album in over two decades into in 2015 pixies toured in support of robert plant for a series of dates across north america so here's the discography and that is surfer rosa in 1988 d little in 1989 Over in 1990 Trump Le in 1991, Indy Cindy in 2014, Head Carrier in 2016, Beneath the Eerie in 2019 and Doggerill in 2022 right now that is the Pixies and their background and now we are going to take a look at their supporting act the Slow Readers Club. So the Slow Readers Club are an English rock band from Manchester Their third studio album Build A Tower was a UK top 20 hit album reaching number 18 following, following up the joy of the return made it to the top 10 peaking at number 9 in March 2020. The Slow Readers Club evolved from an earlier band on America. they formed in 2003 and signed to fashionable manchester label northern ambition in 2005 when they released three singles each of which sold out on the day of release and became a collector's edition their double a side debut everything is frozen learn to love the system was followed by one more chance and their final single one more minute despite strong career prospects with support from steve lamarck and others, the band dispersed around 2007 with no apparent prospect of further collaboration. Despite the disbanding of Omerta, James Ryan and Aaron Starkey continued to jam together and eventually formed the Slow Readers Club. The band released a self-titled debut album towards the end of 2011, featuring various former Omerta songs but also three new singles, Vs on Fire, Sirens and Blockout, The Sun. The band underwent a number of lineup changes before settling on the current four-piece lineup of Aaron Starkey on vocals, Curtis Starkey on guitar and backing vocals, James Ryan on bass and David Whitworth on the drums. And at which point the career progressed. In 2013 they released a one-off single Forever in Your Debt featuring a more radio-friendly sound. The B-side was Days Like This Will Be All Break Your Heart. Gradually, the band reigned the old momentum of America once had, and their life following around the Manchester around Manchester started to grow through, the, through a combination of word of mouth and support slots for such bands such as Catfish and The Bottom Man. Various eventual tracks from their second album, Cavalcade, were introduced to the live sets during this time. Brothers Aaron and Curtis both hail from the area of of Southern Manchester. Prior to the release of Cavalcade in April 2015, the band released a series of singles to start again. Don't mind and I Saw A Ghost that gained considerable airplay from such DJs as Steve Lamarck who played and discussed the track Don't Mind on his BBC Radio 6 Music show Roundtable in September 2014 and Chris Hawkins on 6 Music as well as Hattie Pearson on XFM. They played XFM's first Friday Club night at the Band on the Wall in Manchester and were perf- and were filmed performing I Saw a Ghost acoustically in Manchester Central Library. Months after they had become the first band to play the newly revamped library, the show was recorded and released for Live at the Library, a digital-only album featuring songs from both albums to date. The band were playing bigger Manchester shows and also playing gigs further afield. Such as in Italy and Ireland. By the time Cavalcade was released in April 2015, a Manchester Academy show had sold out three weeks in advance. This was to herald a sum of festival headline slots at Far Out Festival, headliner at Manchester Food and Drink Festival, as well as well-received sets at the Isle of Wight Festival, Sheffield's Tramlines Festival, and a set at Ram's at Ram'sbottom Festival, which saw queues of festival attendees. For the tenth, which they were playing, the band finished the year with a sold-out concert at Gorilla in Manchester as part of a successful national tour. Cavalcade took the took first place at Manchester's blogs, even the stars album of the year 2015 poll. There was another sold there was another sold-out Manchester show at St Philip's Church, followed by a bigger national tour and dates at Monte Pella and and Dublin. Whilst writing songs for their third album, they performed a solid a sold-out David Bowie tribute event at sound control in manchester where they performed an acoustic version of life from Mars" to the audience of bowie fans around this time that jim glennie of james tweeted a video of the star keys performed an acoustic version of i saw a ghost in manchester central library for video blog matter of sound produced by radio X's hattie pearson following from on from this the show the slow readers club supported james on their girl at the end of the world tour in may 2016. personal invitation of glean and saul davies the tour en- encompassed venues such as bristol colston colston hall Southend cliffs pavilion London Kentish Town Forum and Brixham Academy, Lando Venue Comrie, Manchester Arena, Hull City Hall, and Newcastle City Hall. One special night was at Bournemouth OT Academy where the Starkeys performed an acoustic set at Whitworth was absent to be at the birth of his children the remaining band were joined by on stage by Saul davids who played violin on forever in your debt prior to the tour the band made their first visit to ireland and sold out the, work, the workman's club solely on the basis of the work of word of mouth and the support of local radio station txfm in the wake of the success of the tour the band played several major festivals filling out a tent in kendall calling playing two sets at Victorious Festival in Portsmouth, as well as appearing at YourFest, tramlines in Sheffield and Castle Pelosa in Ireland and finally heading the second stage at Ramsbottom Festival. Despite being unsigned and maintaining day jobs, the show at Manchester Ritz on the 18th of November 2016 sold out two months in advance. The show was streamed online live and featured 17 songs from the first two albums plus two new songs lunatic and through the shadows from the upcoming album the manchester evening news stated of the show it would be wrong to call in manchester's best kept secret because any band who can sell out the manchester ritz is clearly not a secret but alongside the likes of cabbage and blossoms the the slow readers club are currently one of the most exciting sounds coming out of our fair city Further gigs at the 500-capacity Whelan's venue in Dublin and the 600-capacity Hackney Oslo in London also sold out. The band played three further dates with James at Nottingham Royal Concert Hall, Sheffield Academy and Wolverhampton Wolverhampton Hall in December. Released in May 2018, Builder Tower was the band's third album. It stayed briefly at the top 20 in the UK Albums Chart. The band went on to tour to support the album. According to the Lancashire Post, the Slow Readers Club are the band you've probably never heard of and yet they managed to sell out venues like the Apollo and the Ritz in Manchester. Right, so now we've had a bit of background. We're going to hang back for uh, more progress to happen on the stage and then we're going to go straight on to the live performances so a quick update about the state of play of the stage it is uh, 10 to uh, midday and we have the subs now in front of the stage we have stage left and stage right we have two tall sets of subs so uh, subs that are three high then we've got a set of subs that is one high then we've got a set of subs that is two high Nothing in the middle of the stage, and then it's replicated uh, as the mirror image on the other side of the stage. Also, we have the uh, lighting dolly bars uh, on the floor of the stage, which uh, total six foot high. They've got a combination of moving lights, profile and washes hanging underneath the trusses on the dollies. And then on top, you've got AD battens and you have some uh, Mach 4K uh, Fresnel style units when I say Mach 4K they're basically source floor lamps in houses that look like four, uh, 4 kilowatt lighting fixtures and they've got some good lenses on there and there's some nice internal LED's as well to give a nice little glow on the trim you've got a few floor units which are uh, profile and wash units Uh, that will either cross the stage or deliberately go out into the audience and the uh, mixer position is uh, a little bit further forward it's partially mojoed and partially bite racked as they're not expecting people to get all rowdy and and now we're going to get on to the report of the show itself so at the top of the show the lights went down and the um, lights strobed in time to some electric synth sounds which kind of reminded me of the blade runner intro um... you know with the kind of noises anyways uh... yeah just had that feeling to it and uh... the lights that strobed were just a handful of open whites tightly focused narrow beamed LED profile units, and they also it strobe, Those wires were created by the guitars, and real, real 80-style uh, electric synth sound. It's good. It's nice little effect, actually. Right, so lighting-wise, the slow readers club only had the front of house bar and lx1 which gave them enough backlight to and coverage for and uh, face light coverage as well so they didn't overdo it you know less is more it's that kind of show because they're taking it back to the time period of the uh, 90s of the early 90s and the early 2000s so nothing massively elaborate but simple but highly effective they didn't have white face light uh, at all, they used different colours, sometimes lighter colours, sometimes darker colours. And it just reminded me of little metal uh, clubs which, which are basically pits. You know, dark colours, reds, purples, blues and uh, they concentrated more on the sound which was, which was the style that they were going for in my opinion sometimes they use the mold phases to emphasize points on a song to light up uh, the audience in between that songs and that have a nice bit of a talk state and when there was a talk state, to, uh, to be fair, the lights changed back to open white and with a little bit of a uh, backlit tickle of color just to keep it nice and distinct and also What they did was they had the uh, lights done quite shallow so they did actually uh, go out into the crowd and light the crowd a lot as well. Which uh, worked really well. Every song they did the lights were pretty much in the same position but they just changed colour and gobo effects if there was indeed a gobo effect from time to time. Just to mix it up a little bit. Uh, But it looked okay. There's absolute coverage of the stage and a nice bit of coverage in the audience and it looked really well. It looks really well lit to me. Now, sound-wise, we definitely had the 22-carat gold standard uh, for the clarity, and it was very—it was loud and it was clear as well. But I'll tell you about loudness uh, in a moment when we get on to the Pixies. Uh, but for now, it—it um, it was just lovely. You could hear every instrument, every vocal, in a nice, nice way. And I enjoyed that, I really, really did. And there's not much else I could say about the sound. It it was loud, it was proud and it was very, very clear. So how did Sleigh Readers Club do? Well, the audience loved them from start through to finish. The Sleigh Readers Club had massive applauses in between songs. They had a massive walk on applause. And you had people singing and dancing and swaying in the audience from start through to finish. Listening to the Slow Readers Club I did kind of feel I was back in the 80s or even early 90s with that electronic sound that they had as though I was listening to New Order especially with the style of the reverberation on the lead singer's vocals. It was quite it was quite refreshing to have a modern band with a classic flavor. Slow Readers Club were by far the best choice for, uh, for support of the Pixies. After listening to some of their set I couldn't I couldn't even imagine anyone else doing a better job at supporting Pixies. Right, so how were the Pixies? Well, the lights went down and a load of narrow beam open white lights appeared on the stage with a deep bassy but melodic intro. Pixies entered the stage with a huge applause and took their positions the intro lights uh, and the music faded down and they started lighting wise they kept it very simple and went into the realm of the old school with with modern technology so what did they do all the lead all the led profiles and wash units were used for backlighting and were focused into narrow beams so they had their p- so it had a par 64 effect they also had a load of very small wash units on trusses at, at the back of making a little wall a mini wall behind the band and that definitely had a nice pin spot effect to it as well those barely moved but they changed colour and they strobed in time so thus giving a nice classic feel to uh, the lighting which to be honest why change something that works i mean yes the technology has moved on yes it's hard to get some of the older technology now but the old te- the old looks that you used to get back in the day can be replicated if you know what you're doing with the modern units every year Song had different color combination and they were and they always had a nice tickle of face like nothing too overpowering They just wanted to be seen and play their amazing set and yes it was an amazing set so sound wise it was loud i mean it was very loud they took every decibel they were allowed and they uh, and they ran with it so they actually hit the maximum threshold that we were allowed in the venue and they were bouncing in and out of that continuously through the show which They can do because they've not breached the limit, they just went on the limit and rode the limit as best as they they could and yes they rode that limit really well and it didn't sound terrible at all, you actually had the 22 carat clarity so they had a serious, serious sound engineer who knew exactly what he was doing and knew what he was doing, he did because you could hear every instrument clearly you could hear all the vocals clearly there was no feedback there was no uh oh, there was no distortions when you ride everything too high I reckon that's the PA system that they had could even do a hell of a lot more than what was actually being pumped out hence while they managed to keep the clarity of all the instruments well done to that sound engineer and get him a bonus because he deserves it now performance wise the pixie was as good as they have always been they held the audience in the palm of their hands and and received a massive applause at the start of the show in between every song at the start of every song and you had the audience singing and dancing and moshing all the way through the whole set it was a nice atmosphere a loud but very very excellent atmosphere and i enjoyed every moment of that show first time i heard the pixies i was eight and now uh and now near close to uh, what 30 years just over 30 years since i first heard them it was the first time i saw them and what i saw was amazing it was A brilliant show and anyone that had a ticket that paid good money for a ticket definitely got value for money they all enjoyed that show as much well especially as much as I did I would say and if not more because I was having a drink and out with all their friends whilst little old me was working on it but it was an amazing show to watch nonetheless Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe and share. And if you haven't already done so, why don't check out more content from Master X Media by clicking the link in the description below and we should catch you next time. Bye for now.